Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. What does Jesus's mission look like here? What's his mission here? What does Jesus's mission look like here? What does Jesus's mission look like here? What is Jesus's mission here? How do I know what Jesus's mission is? Good to see you today. My name is Josh. If you don't know me, one of the pastors here. And uh, I'm excited about Mission of Hope today. So excited for you to be a part of that. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun morning. But that means I got to go quickly, don't I? We're going to get out of here on time. I guess the the heat is on. So here we go. Uh, Hey, you know, there's a rich man who he was in the habit of giving a gift to his wife, an expensive gift of jewelry every year for her birthday. And one, you know, basically uh, it started like this. One year he might call the jeweler and he might say something like, I want you to send, uh, send me your finest pearl necklace along with your bill. You know, just, just send me uh, your finest diamond ring along with the bill or emerald bracelet or uh, ruby pendant or whatever it was and just send it to me, you know, along with the bill. And each time the, the jeweler did just like the rich man asked and he, he sent a messenger to him with the gift to give to his wife along with the bill. But every year, this rich guy would play a little game with the jeweler and he would send the, a messenger back to the jeweler with a message for the jeweler. He would, he would send back the uh, original box and um, he, he would send it back to him with a note. And the note uh, would say something like this. It was with a note and a check. The check was always written in the amount of several, or several thousand dollars less than what the jeweler actually asked for uh, for the piece of jewelry. And uh, with, the, with the gift then, his note would say something along the lines of, sir, I like the jewelry piece very much, but I don't like the price. So uh, would you please accept the enclosed a check, enclosed check for the reduced amount, and then um, please, if so, then just return the jewelry box back to me with the seal unbroken. Well, for years, the jeweler put up with, uh, with this from... Uh, this rich man, and he would return the box with the seal unbroken. The reality was he still made a pretty good profit on the jewelry, and so he wasn't really out anything, but, uh, and he wanted to keep this guy's business, so he kept going. But in time, after so many years of this, the jeweler just uh, got frustrated. Uh, years and years of a box coming in uh, with a note and a check for less than he asked for, and then the box going back. And finally, uh, as usual, the time of year came and the man called the jeweler and said, I want you to send your finest diamond ring to me along with the bill. And so he did it. And as usual, a check for less than that amount came back with the box. Well, this time the jeweler wasn't gonna have it. He wasn't gonna be took by this guy anymore. And so uh, enough was enough. And he refused the check. He kept the box and he sent the messenger back in his disgust. 
And so then uh, when he went to open the box to reclaim the ring, he found the box was empty and the ring had been removed. But in the box was a check for the full amount that he had asked for. And so every year, this jeweler passed on what could have been his and sent it back and accepted something less every time. And you can imagine how foolish he felt in that moment. You know, the reality is that as followers of Jesus, uh, God offers us the full riches of Christ. He gives us good gifts through Jesus, including uh, spiritual gifts through his spirit. But so often, we kind of just settle for the lesser amount. Eh, that'll be enough. When there's so much more, if we just open the box that could be ours. We're gonna talk about that today. We're gonna talk about spiritual gifts. We're in our series on the book of Acts. And last Sunday, we saw God send the Holy Spirit. And he sent him in power on his people. And uh, we talked about the gifts that the Spirit gives. And today, we're gonna just kind of take a little step back from the book of Acts and talk, what are the gifts that the Spirit gives? Uh, we're gonna describe them. We're not gonna necessarily go through every one. We're just gonna define what they are and then give you some resources where you can find some of that on your own. And this will be kind of our pattern as we work through Acts. At different times, we'll step back and just look at a topic or uh, maybe uh, another situation that comes up as we're moving our way through over the next year or so. And so this morning, we're gonna take a step back and look at spiritual gifts and what are they? And so with that, let me pray. And then we're gonna jump into that this morning. Father, uh, thank you for Jesus. Lord, thank you for uh, the good gifts that you give us in Jesus Christ. And uh, Lord, I pray this morning uh, that uh, Holy Spirit, you would uh, speak through and to me, help me uh, to explain as best I can and in a way that's consistent with your word, what your gifts are and uh, how we can, can have those and open the box and know true joy of living with your power. Uh, Father, uh, thank you for Jesus. Jesus, thanks for sending the Spirit. And Lord, we pray all of this through Christ. In his name, amen. Well, we're in uh, our series in Acts. And one of the things that I want you to see this morning, uh, as we end up packing gifts to send to Haiti, to kids in Haiti, God gives good gifts, common gifts to everyone. He gives common gifts to everyone, every person who's breathing on the face of the earth today or who has ever lived in all of human history has received gifts from God, including every one of you, you have. You've received gifts from God. Uh, uh, think about it, good gifts like, like life, the fact that you're breathing or provision, the fact that uh, you were able to get here today, um, uh, the restraint of sin, all of these, uh, theologically, they're referred to as Common grace, common grace, because it's common. Everybody gets it. It's undeserved, but God gives good things to everyone, good common gifts to everyone. So what is common grace? Well, uh, a theologian uh, from the last century, Scottish theologian, John Murray, wrote this about common grace. He said, common grace refers to every favor of whatsoever kind and degree. I'm guessing that sounded a lot better with his Scottish accent too, right? Uh, of, every, of whatever kind and degree falling short of salvation, which this undeserving and sin-cursed world enjoys at the hand of God. So in other words, every good thing that God gives is his common grace, short of receiving salvation. 
Like uh, James, Jesus' little brother writes, every good and perfect gift is from where? From above. So God gives good things. Maybe just to simplify it a little bit, we might say that common grace includes all the good gifts that God gives to everyone, everywhere. All the good things. Well, what would some of those be? Murray goes on and he writes, he says, well, gifts and talents and aptitudes, God stimulates them with interest and purpose and the cultivation of the arts and sciences that occupy time, activity, and energy of people that make for the benefit of the whole human race or the advance of knowledge and the improvement of physical conditions, the the restraint that he has on sin from us uh, basically uh, indulging fully in our sinfulness. God restrains that by his common grace and protects us. He stabilizes everything and holds it together. I wonder, did you, did you take any medication this morning? That's God's common grace to you, the discovery of that medicine, that it works. Did you enjoy a sunrise this morning or this week or a sunset last night? That's God's common grace to you, his displaying beauty. Did, did you get a weather report this morning before you left to know to put on a coat? That's God's common grace, that there's science that has discovered weather patterns and all of this and the technology that you have to be able to access it. Did you drive on a paved road? That's God's common grace through the government he provides to care for things. And did your flowers benefit from water this summer? Common grace, do you see? Good gifts that God gives to all people everywhere. And we see it in the book of Acts. We see it in, we'll see it in chapter 14. In past generations, he allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways, yet he didn't leave himself without a witness. He didn't leave them totally on their own for he did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. This is God's common grace. Uh, chapter 17, as though God needed anything. You know, he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. That's God's common grace. He gives us good things. And, and part of this common grace that he gives to each one of us is uh, things that he gives and does to shape you individually. Um, you know, I wrote in your notes, maybe you're wondering what that's about. I said, uh, everyone gets a hape. What's a hape? Well, uh, we'll explain that here in a moment. Uh, everything about your life, God has designed and woven together in who you are. See, uh, he writes to, uh, he says to the prophet Jeremiah, and he would say this to you as well, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, God said. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I had plans for you. Uh, The psalmist uh, says, for you formed, talking to God, you formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you. I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. And my soul knows it very well. Uh, My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance and in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, uh, even before any of them existed. See, God not only gives common grace to us as a whole, but he gives common grace to you as an individual in how he made you. That's where your hape comes in. Your hape includes, first, it's just an acronym, your your heart, your passions. It kind of answers the question, what are you really passionate about? I mean, what kind of turns your crank? What do you get fired up about? Maybe in a good way, maybe in a way like, I can't believe that happened. What is it that stirs your heart. 
for, for each of us in this room, it's gonna be something different. For some of you, the idea of packing meals for kids in Haiti stirs up something uniquely passionate in your soul this morning. For others of you, there's other things that, that God just stirs up passions in your heart. That's your heart. Uh, the A is your abilities. What, what are you good at? What are your talents? Some of you are really good at something. Some of you are really good at numbers. Some of you are really good at you know, calculating numbers and working with a spreadsheet and all that good stuff. And, and that's a talent you have. Some of you are uh, really athletic. That's a talent, an ability that you have. Some of you can, can read like five books a week. That's an incredible ability and talent that you have. What are you good at? And then the P is your personality. What do you like? By the way, there's no right or wrong, good or bad personality. It's just your personality. Are you more extroverted and you love to be around and interact with a ton of people? Or are you more just reserved and kind of, you, you stay back and just kind of watch and observe a little bit? Are you um, wanting to, to you know, to, what's your personality? What do you like? Are you the are you the class clown, the guy who likes to make everybody laugh, or are you the one who just likes to enjoy everyone's presence? What? There's no right or wrong, it's just yours. Well, God shaped you in that way. He shaped your heart, your passions, your abilities, your personality, and he uses and redeems your experiences. See, that's the E of hate. Everyone's got a past. Good, bad, and everything in between. All of us have good things in our past that God uses to shape us going forward. All of us have bad things in our past that have either happened to us or that we've done ourselves and brought on ourselves. But God graciously uses even those really horrible things that he would look at and say, yeah, that was really bad. He can take it and redeem it and use it going forward in a unique way in your life. So every person on earth has a hape. Everyone does, because God gives common gifts to everyone. But you know, he gives spiritual gifts to everyone who receives Jesus Christ. See, one of the gifts he offers also to everyone, but not everyone receives, is the gift of salvation, is the gift of Jesus. Uh, you know, uh, John three sixteen, probably one of the most famous verses in uh, all the Bible, goes something like this. This is how much God loved the world. What did he do? He gave. He gave good gifts. And the best gift he gives is his son, his one and only son. And this is why, so that no one need to face his wrath. By believing in Jesus, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. See, one of the gifts that God offers to everyone, but not everyone receives, that many leave the box closed, is the gift of salvation in Jesus. See, uh, the gospel is this, that you and I are royally messed up in our sin, every single one of us. And because of that, and because of God's perfect justice, there, there's, a, there's a penalty to be paid for sin. Or, or God's wrath has to be satisfied. He, he has to do something about it or he wouldn't really be just. If, if we're shaking our fist in his face and he doesn't do anything, he's not really just, he just ignores it. So, so there has to be a, a payment made for sin. And the gospel is this, that, that Jesus, though he lived a perfect life, never sinned, he steps in the, in the middle 
And he takes God's wrath on himself on the cross for us in our place. And so I can either trust him to take God's wrath by believing in him, or I can ignore him, keep the box closed and take all that wrath myself for eternity in hell. I don't know about you, but I'm opening that gift. (laughs) That's a huge gift. And when you get that gift, you actually get more gifts. See, uh, everybody gets a hape, but Christians get a shape. And the shape part is when, when you become a Christian, God gives you a spirit and the spirit empowers you and he gives you gifts. Every Christian has at least one spiritual gift. Everyone does. So what's a spiritual gift? What's that, Josh? Is that like, you know, I hear about those NFT things, you know, people buying like these fake things on their phone that they have some kind of token for, but it's not real. Is that what a spiritual gift is? Is it just some kind of made up thing? No? Spiritual gifts are absolutely real, but so let's talk about what they are. And before we do though, let's just uh, go back really quickly and talk about what they're not. First, they're not natural talents. They're not the same as your natural talents, your abilities. You know, your talent is a result of genetics or training, but a spiritual gift is a result of the power of the Holy Spirit. A talent can be possessed by anyone, but only Christians get spiritual gifts. And while they should both be used for God's glory, spiritual gifts have a unique spiritual impact. They're not your personality traits. You know, uh, you know, your personality uh, is used by God and enhances your gift and your gift runs through and works in your personality, but your personality isn't your spiritual gift. And a personality test isn't an adequate indicator of what kind of gifts you have. Because some people with uh, the gift of, and just use an example of the gift of teaching, since I'm up here teaching and preaching, uh, some people have a very extroverted personality who teach and preach. Others, like myself, have a pretty introverted personality and God uses both. And he, he, he works through that. So your spiritual gifts are not your personality traits. It's also not the fruit of the spirit. You know the fruit of the spirit, Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are things that the spirit grows in you and you become like that, like fruit grows in your life. So the fruit of the spirit, as you become a Christian, that becomes who you are. Your spiritual gifts, and then they reveal God's goodness. Now your spiritual gifts, like the fruit of the spirit, reveal something unique about God and about the power of the spirit. But instead of just being who you are, it's it's revealed through what you do. So the fruit is revealed in who you are and your character, but spiritual gifts are revealed in what you do more than in who you are. So Let's use this definition. I've got it in your notes there and we'll work through it quickly. They're a set of God-given, spirit-empowered, spiritual abilities given to every believer according to God's grace to help them fulfill their God-given personal purpose as part of the church. I expect you to memorize that. Yeah, good luck. But let's unpack that, that, uh, that definition quickly this morning. Uh, first off, spiritual gifts are God-given. They're God-given. You don't get to choose your spiritual gift. Just like, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I didn't get to choose like what I was getting for Christmas. I could request some things, but ultimately who gave me the gifts? Mom and dad, Santa, sorry, Santa gave me the gifts, right? But I didn't get to choose what I was getting. I didn't get to choose. 
spiritual gifts are God-given. Ephesians 4, it says, when Jesus ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. So I don't get to choose the gifts I receive. You don't get to. Um, see, to, to each one, the, the, all these are empowered, the gifts are empowered by the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. It's up to him. But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as he chose. Now, that doesn't mean you can't ask God for a gift. Maybe he'll give it to you. But it's up to him. You can't claim a gift. You can't seek it out and think that you're gonna get it. God gives gifts. Also, you don't choose the number of gifts that you receive. You just don't. God does. Just like I don't choose how many presents I get on Christmas. If I could choose, it'd be a lot. But I don't, you know, you don't get to choose that. God chooses that. Some uh, give, get many gifts. Some get uh, a few gifts. Some, everybody, though, gets at least one gift. Also, you don't get to choose the degree or portion of the gift you receive. Some people have the gift of, of, of teaching in, in great measure. Others, maybe in a smaller way. Some for teaching large groups. Some for teaching a small group. You, you don't get to choose the portion, but, but God gives again as he decides. But here's what you do get to choose. What you do with it. You do get to choose what you do with the gifts that you get as a Christian. That's up to you. You can leave it in the box and never open it. You can open it and leave it in the box and just look at it. Or you can take it and develop it and deploy it and use it. Uh, spiritual gifts are a set of God-given and spirit-empowered abilities. The spirit uniquely empowers spiritual gifts. They're empowered by one and the same spirit. Uh, what are some of the spiritual gifts God's given you? Do you know? I'm confident that, that one for me is the gift of, of teaching, of preaching. And there's a certain sense in which uh, when, when I'm teaching, and it's even happened already this morning, where God will bring to mind like a, a scripture or a verse or something like that that I've not thought of all week. It was nowhere in my notes, nowhere in my study, but he brings it to mind and he uses that as I'm teaching. Or that just uniquely, he, even when I think like it was the worst day I've ever been up here trying to teach or preach about anything, it seems like those days I have more people come up to me and say, man, that was, thank you. I'm like, well, thank Jesus, because that was him, because I felt like that was pretty awful and made no sense. You sense God's pleasure working through you and his spirit empowers it. Now that doesn't mean you can't develop it on your own or you can't do some work on the front end to be prepared, but ultimately the spirit does the work. See, uh, it's like this when Paul writes to the church in Corinth, he says, we're ambassadors for Christ and God is making his appeal through us. When the spirit works through his gifts, he works through you. He works through you. They're, so they're a set of God-given, spirit-empowered, spiritual abilities. They have a unique spiritual impact. Spiritual gifts work in spiritual ways. That's why this idea of your shape is so important. Because while you have a hape, when you pair your hape, forgive me for making up that word, with your spiritual gifts, suddenly now all of this has incredible purpose, right? Right? 
For instance, let's say uh, your heart is for uh, people who are maybe suffering from addiction in some way, shape, or form. And you have a unique ability to just connect with people that other people don't seem to be able to, just to, to, to listen and to be compassionate. And your, your personality is one that's not off-putting maybe to someone. And uh, in, in the way that you listen at that ability and your experience, you've got something in your past where maybe you yourself have dealt with addiction or you yourself uh, maybe have seen the effects of it in your family or in close friends. And now suddenly you have all of this, but when you pair that with a spiritual gift of, of service and of helps, now the spirit works powerfully in spiritual ways through your entire shape to do ministry and to help people. Do you see? And so your spiritual gifts then, it's a spirit empowered ability and they have, it has spiritual effects where God uses your spiritual gift combined with, with all of the rest of you to do unique things that he can do uniquely through you. They're spirit empowered and they're given to every believer. You're like, I don't know, Josh, I don't know if I got a spiritual gift. Do you have Jesus? Then you have his spirit. Then you have at least a spiritual gift, at least one, probably more. You do. See, each one has his own gift from God. That means every one of us who's a follower of Christ. As each has received a gift, we read, we all have gifts that God gives and we all have different gifts. See, uh, Romans 12, for by the grace given to me, I say everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members and the members uh, do not all have the same function. So we, though many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace that's given to us. You know, it, uh, we each have a gift and each have gifts that are different. Just like when your doctor, when he treats you, if you have a stuffy nose, he's probably not spending a lot of time bandaging up your leg, right? Because there's different functions of different parts of the body. Same with the body of Christ. They're given to every believer and they're according to God's grace. He decides how much and to what degree we get them. And they're given to us to fulfill our, uh, our God-given personal purpose. You know, God gives a purpose to the entire church, right? To, to make disciples, to, to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father. We express it as a church. We're sent to love people and invite them to follow Jesus with us. That's all of us, corporately, that's what we're to do. But how you do that uniquely is gonna be different than the person sitting next to you according to your shape, according to your spiritual gifting. You're gonna have unique connections with people that I don't and vice versa. And, and, and so all of us then doing our part, God has, has a plan for each of us. See, check this out in Ephesians 2. Paul writes this, he says, we are his workmanship, his poema is the word there from which we get poem, it means work of art. You're God's unique work of art. I always kind of joke, you're unique like everyone else. Think about that for a second. We're all unique though. We're his poema. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works. Now, what are these works? Well, they're works that God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. 
In other words, God in eternity past looked into 2022 and he saw you. And he knew exactly uh, all of the situations of your life. He knew your personality. He knew the abilities he would give you. He knew the passions of your heart and he knew the spiritual gifts that he would give you through his spirit. And he, in a sense, he, he thought from the past into the future, he dreamt about you. And he had a dream for you of how you would uniquely live out that purpose. And spiritual gifts help you to live that out. God's given them to you to fulfill his dream for you in that way, to do good works that honor Jesus. And lastly, we should note that they're part, as part of the church. Uh, See, uh, spiritual gifts are given ultimately within the context of the church. First uh, Corinthians 12, Paul says a spiritual gift is given to each of us as a way of helping the entire church. Uh, they're not primarily for you. You know what this means? If you're not connected in the church, your spiritual gifts are in the box. If you're not using them to serve in the church, but you're using them to exalt yourself, your gifts are kind of in the box. God designed them to build up the whole church. So you gotta be connected somewhere. And by the way, that doesn't just mean the church on a Sunday morning. Like, yeah, there's opportunities to use your gifts and serve on a Sunday morning, but, but also when the church is scattered, you know, when you're out and, and you, you think of somebody, so God brings somebody to mind and you're like, they might need some encouragement today. And maybe you have the gift of encouragement. You can shoot them a text and encourage them gathered and scattered. By the way, we don't have time to go into all the gifts, but uh, kind of created a resource for you. And on uh, your insert, there's a thing where you can text that number Pastor Dave mentioned earlier. If you text the word gift or gifts, uh, you will uh, receive a link to an ebook that simply lists out the spiritual gifts that you can download and read through with some scripture that goes along with it. And uh, you can check that out on your own time. Uh, but, but a couple quick things before we wrap, that these gifts given in the church are ultimately for God's glory, for others' good, and for your joy. We, we saw that in our definition, right? They're for Jesus's glory. The gifts are given to, to glorify Jesus. The spirit, as we saw a few weeks ago, always glorifies Jesus and so do his gifts. And they're for the good of others. They're not just for your good, they're, they're for the good of the whole church. And all of us miss out when you don't utilize your gifts. We all miss out, we do. And they're for your joy because there is incredible pleasure when you sense God using you. There's incredible joy that comes with it. So uh, what do you do now? Well, uh, three things. First, uh, discover your shape, discover your spiritual gifts. Figure out what are they? One of the ways you can do that is texting that number, getting a copy of that ebook, reading through it. And, and then as you read through it, just go, I wonder if I have this one. Some of them you're gonna be like, you know what, I might, I think I do. Uh, another one you're gonna go, eh, maybe I do, I'm not sure. And so maybe you'd ask someone else for their input. And some of them you're gonna read and you go, I definitely don't have that. That's not me. It's gonna be obvious. So discover them that way. There's different assessments and things you can take as well that are helpful. Um, then develop them. Uh, unbox it, use it, develop it. Don't just let it sit. See, having a spiritual gift is not spiritual maturity. But as you grow in Christ and as you develop your gift, that gift becomes more and more useful. And then deploy it, put it into action. Uh, 
Don't just let it sit in the box. And and, uh, for the record, just as we close here, these three things, they, they don't happen in that order. Discover, develop, deploy. Uh, see, a lot of books on spiritual gifts and even some teaching on it would say, uh, take an assessment, figure out your spiritual gift, and then you'll know where to serve. But do you know it actually works the exact opposite of that? The way it actually works is, get plugged in somewhere and start serving At the same time, discover, learn about the spiritual gifts. What are they? And then pay attention as you serve in different places. Where does God uniquely use me most effectively? And as you do that, you discover your gifting. And now you can begin to direct your energies into places that God has uniquely gifted you for. We don't have any more time this morning to to unpack this, but if you have more questions, Uh, we'd love to talk with you. We're gonna be talking more about spiritual gifts and some of the specific ones throughout the course of this series. Uh, But for you, what's your shape? What is it? Spend time discovering it. Get involved, plugged in somewhere to serve so that it can be developed. Let me pray. And then uh, we're gonna just uh, dismiss here after I pray to to head over uh, to the fellowship hall to begin our time packing for a mission of hope. And as you leave the auditorium, you'll go out and if you have kids, go get them. Uh, If you don't, just head to the left if you wanna serve with us. There's a table where you can check in and they'll direct you, but don't go out that door, go out the back doors this morning and it'll kind of snake you around. And let me pray, the band's gonna play as we're leaving and uh, we'll see you in the fellowship hall. Father, thank you for Jesus. And Jesus, thank you that you give good gifts to us.